Hey, Wingman Nation, welcome to the Wingman Men's Moment Podcast. This is your host, John Delaney. We are broadcasting from beautiful Lakeland, Florida, hanging at the hangar with Pastor Jay Dennis and Randy Ferreira, co-founders of Wingman Nation. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, John. Good morning, Hello. sir. How y'all doing? Great. Doing great today. You're Thank feeling you You're feeling well today? Or is it just gas? <laughs> just gas. <laughs> I'm glad to be feeling energy. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, really. I yes. Mean, the, the iron boost. The iron boost stuff. is helping. No, you don't even need Geritol anymore. No. No, that's no a way. beautiful thing. Hey, we're all over 60, so a little, little extra iron. There you go. Excuse me? <laughs> Speak for yourself. Hey, you're, you're, you're older than me. Well, we're glad y'all are with us this morning, uh, or whatever you're listening, actually. And, uh, mm-hmm. we're excited that we're doing a little short series here. We've concluded our, uh, our Mighty Men of David series, and we are through the remainder of 2023. We're going to be doing some little ones and twosy topics and talking about the holidays and, uh, talking about keeping Jesus in Christmas and, uh, and into the new year. And we'll start a, a, a little longer series in the new year. Yeah. But today we are talking about the leadership principles of Jesus. And, uh, this is an awesome series. We're going to do two weeks of this. So, um, here we go. Ready? Here Take we go. Away, Good morning, mm-hmm. Pastor Jay. Good morning, yeah. buddy. Good to see you. Yeah, so today we're talking about the leadership principles in Jesus. And I think, uh, you know, coming from, uh, pastor Jay, who was a former pastor and well, current pastor, now, right. but, but a bigger church before he retired of six, 7,000 people. <laughs> he had a lot of leadership responsibilities there with the big staff. Yeah. Myself as a Christian businessman with a team of about 300 employees. So yep. we know a little bit about leadership. <clears throat> and of course, we've learned a lot of it from, from Jesus and taking the examples of what he has That's done. Right. So we want to share that with all of you from our perspective of being leaders in the community and also what Jesus talks about as principles That's of right. leadership. So we're going to take two podcasts to focus on how Jesus demonstrated the very best leadership ever and how we, we can follow his example. You know, when you become a Christian, um, he empowers you to live like he lived and therefore reflect some leadership examples. So, so simply put, like leadership is influence. Mm-hmm. You know, you influence. A leader relates to other people in such a way as to create a desire within them to follow leadership. It's a persuasion. Leadership right. is a persuasion in a hopefully positive manner. Yes. But the word persuasion come from, comes from two Latin words that mean through and sweetness. Thus, to sweetly lead others to Jesus Christ. I yes. love that. It, that pictures Jesus, doesn't yes, it? Yes. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Through and sweetness. And you kind of go, well, what the heck does that yeah. mean? <laughs> but sweetly leading others through uh, to Jesus. So, Amen. Uh, you know, Jesus was never content with the status quo as you study his life. The way things were was not okay with him. No. Chuck, Chuck Swindell said, leaders need to cultivate two things, a righteous heart, and a rhinoceros skin. That is so true. That is so true. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And the greatest leader ever was Jesus Christ. And he has so much to teach us about leadership mm-hmm. that we're excited to get into that today. But a leader helps people or should help people to greatness for God. Mm-hmm. Over the next two podcasts, guys, we want to share 21 leadership lessons from Jesus and how you can apply them to your lives, whether you're a husband a dad, 
a granddad, employee, employer, or a leader in your church. Yeah. So let's get rocking. Number mm. one, Jesus was a problem solver. Yes, he was. Successful people are problem solvers. Mm. Jesus had something others needed. He solved problems. Everything God makes is a solution to a problem. Every person created is a solution to a problem. Mm. That's pretty interesting. I love that. Think about that. Your life is designed by God to be a solution to some other person's problem. Mm. I love that. Yes. When you really think you're a problem, you're actually a solution. <laughs> That's right. Our focus must be the other people. Jesus zeroed in on people, and Jesus yes. didn't bring problems to people without solutions, which is what most and every leader wants from the people That's that right. he's inspiring or she's expiring. Yes. Bring the problems, but bring some solutions. Amen. Anyone can point out what is wrong or why something went wrong. That's easy. Mm. But it takes a leader to say, yes, there's a problem, but here's a solution. Or here's what I'm thinking. There might be a solution. So be solution-centered, not problem-centered. That is so good. It's okay to bring up issues and problems, but bring some solutions, bring some ideas. Because, Randy, like you said, anybody can point out, here's what's wrong or here's yeah. why that won't work. But here's some solutions along with that. And I, I love that. And there's always something wrong. I mean, of that's like, there's always yeah. something you need to help yes. to fix. But uh, tell me what we can do to make it better. That, that's exactly right. Otherwise, well, get out of my office. <laughs> now. <laughs> Number two, Jesus believed people. People could change. Jesus believed that no one was hopeless. We see a great example of that in John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus offered hope regardless of the circumstance. He didn't give up on people. He knew that through his plan of salvation, even the vilest of sinner could change. You and I may give up on people, but Jesus doesn't. Somebody is waiting for you to encourage them that they can change. If you truly believe the gospel, you know that people can change. Don't give up on people. There was a, a big thing about change on the movie Rocky Ford. You remember? It was mm -hmm. in Russia. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he won the fight. And yeah. he's looking up at the crowd. He goes, I can change. You can change. We can all change. <laughs> Amen. Adrian. Go, Rocky. I <laughs> you Rocky. actually speak better than Rocky. <laughs> I can understand. You do that well. <laughs> Number three is Jesus stuck to his mission. What was his mission? Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Jesus ordered his life by this objective, this priority. He didn't get sidetracked or distracted. Someone has said, if you want to defeat someone, distract them. Hmm. Think about the things Jesus didn't do. It's not because he couldn't. He had limitless power. It was because these didn't fit into his mission. So he stuck with his mission. Good leaders so have a mission. That's yes. Right. <clears throat> And then he took time. Number four is he took time to rest. Mm. <clears throat> oh, I like taking naps, do you? <laughs> yes. He took time to rest. The emotional and physical batteries, we need time to recharge. That's just, you know, helpful okay. and normal. So That's right. tired minds rarely make good decisions. That's the truth. Rest time is repair time. Mm. So true. I love that. So in Mark 631, Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Mm -hmm. 
He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Wow. Think about that. Yeah, that's a lot. Not even time to eat. They they were so being pulled in all these directions. Wow. Yeah, so he was protecting his rest time, and yes. we have to protect our rest time as well. Mm-hmm. And I have found that if you are physically depleted, you can pretty quickly get recharged by just taking some rest. Right. Mm-hmm. However, when you get emotionally depleted, it is a slow recharge process. It is. You need a change of scenery, a change of pace, doing something fun. Doing something perhaps you don't usually do. Right. Like throw so some axes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it may be reading a book, going to an axe place, as John said. Throwing, <laughs> it may be doing something mindless, like just watching a good sure. movie. So there's lots of things you can do to sort of escape the reality of your what you're in. So. That's right. And there's a little a little quip here that we talk about hurry sickness is killing us. It really is. And it really it really is something that um no we doubt. Should, we should slow down. So, And that's not easy to do, guys. It's, not it's really not. But we absolutely have to. I mean, if Jesus needed to do that, how much more do I need yeah. to do it? Well, exactly. you especially when you, on Sundays. Yes. You know, I've, I've learned that the, you're, you're so accurate on the emotion. If it's physical. Right. You take a, you take a 10 minute breather, you know, yeah. and you can go back to work. Sure. On, whatever. Emotion when you're preaching or you're speaking or you're engaged in something, right. it's it's mentally draining, and that's your whole body takes that on. It, it does, and it you need time to get that recharge. What I say to you yesterday? Yeah, <laughs> you needed some endorphins. Yeah, some endorphins. Some endorphins. I, I love endorphins. You need some endorphins to release. Buddy. <laughs> I love them. Well, number five, Jesus took time to plan. A plan is a map as to how you're going to get where you want and need to be. A plan is a written list of arranged actions necessary to achieve your desired goal. Habakkuk 2.2, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Mm. I love that, that scripture. The Bible is God's basic plan for your life. Planning is the starting point for any dream or goal that you possess. Research has shown that individuals with written goals achieved approximately 50% more of their goals than those without written goals. I found that true in my own Mm -hmm. life, that if I write something down and I review that, I'm more apt to do it. So I think writing those goals is essential. Jesus set specific goals. And I love what someone said. They said, when you decide exactly what you want, the how to do it will emerge. Hmm. You know, I was reading in 1954, a survey was made of individuals graduating from Yale University. It was found that only 3% had definite written financial goals. 10% had a clear idea, but had not written it down. 87% had no idea of their goals. 20 years later, these Yale graduates were again interviewed. The 3% who had written goals had made more money than all of the rest combined. Interesting. It is interesting. It was funny. Before we got to this page, I was thinking 97% 97 of of, of college students do not write down goals. Yeah. Only 3%. And it's so simple, but it is just powerful as you write down those, those goals. Yes. Number six. 
Jesus was transparent. You know, uh, in Matthew 17, 2, it says, As the men watched, Jesus' Jesus' appearance was transformed, that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. light. So transfigured means transparent, and Jesus was transparent because he had nothing to hide. He had no hidden agendas. Amen. You know, people could handle the truth. We talk about that in our other podcasts, right. but we have to share it in love because we already have the truth. We already have it. So as a leader, be totally open with sensitivity. Transparency builds trust in leadership. Right. Uh, obviously, there's always, you know, confidential things you can't share, but, right. you know, your leadership and getting people to... Uh, to follow your mission, right? Obviously, Jesus based in the way we're doing it. Um, you have to be open and honest and share it in love, That's and it requires right. a willingness to be vulnerable, you know, and to admit as a leader your weakness and to embrace your limitations. And a lot of leaders can't do that. Yes, Jesus did it. He did it. And you know, we have to try to do that because a lot of times, as human beings, we have this ego. You know, we're in this position of power, supposedly, right. as a leader. And so it's very difficult. But the humbleness in what Jesus has shown us has to carry through in our leadership quality. It does. Number seven, Jesus wasted no time with his critics. This is good. <laughs> may, so, I, may I read one of them, please? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead with the first one, because the second one... I'm, so there's I'm, some quotes we want to share, but one is, <laughs> some people will slap you on the back behind your face... And then slap you in the face behind your back. <laughs> that, that's good. That's we all good. know people yeah. like that. Well, slap you on the back behind your face and then slap you in the face behind your back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that ought to be on a bumper sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Bumper sticker will fit out of the, the whole bumper. This, yeah. one, this one's one, actually is one of my favorite quotes of yeah. all time. The lady asked her, she says to Churchill, Winston, you are drunk. <laughs> Churchill says to her, Lady Astor... You are ugly, <laughs> and I shall be sober in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> Way to go, Winston. Oh, Way to go. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to quote that to anybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but critical people, guys, are usually insecure, and they're hiding some kind of wound or hurt in their mm-hmm. life. So their criticism is their mask concerning that wound. So we yeah. have to keep that in mind if we deal with a critical person. But... Jesus often kept silent when he was criticized. He did. And, you know, rather than show, he was showing love by doing that. That's right. Even though he probably could have lashed out and easily knocked them off their feet. So, That's right. In Matthew 26, 63, it says, But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Yeah. So Jesus ignored his critics. He didn't take them to deal uh, he didn't take time to deal with every person who had something critical to say about him. He just kept right on his mission. And I right. think earlier we talked about having the skin of a rhinoceros, <laughs> and we need to have that when because we are going to have critics. We are. And we need to learn all we can from our critics. Right. Mm-hmm. One, consider the source. Yeah. Two, ask God to teach you something through it. Yeah. Apologize if you've done something wrong, mm-hmm. and pray for your critics, which is really hard, Yeah. because you just want to... Smack them across the face. Because <laughs> they and, deserve it. <laughs> and keep right on doing what God has called you to do. 
That's don't it. Stop. Don't don't let them get you off the wall. That's Keep right. right on doing. Because that's what God, Satan wants. He, that's yes. exactly what he wants. Number eight is Jesus understood there was a right time to approach people. He understood the importance of timing. We know in Ecclesiastes three verse one it says, "For everything there is a season, there is a time for every activity under heaven." Jesus spent thirty years preparing for his ministry before he launched his first miracle. Think about that. Wow. Jesus was sensitive to the circumstances, the setting, and the moods of people. The right thing, when it's not the right timing, has the effect of doing the wrong thing. Interesting. So watch the timing of things. There's a right time uh, to do these things. Number nine, Jesus resisted temptation. A temptation is a situation designed by Satan to appeal to that part of you unyielded to Jesus Mm. Christ. Guys, as a pastor of 43 years, let me tell you what I have seen over and over again. Sin will make you stupid. (laughs) Sin makes you stupid. That's prophetic. It is prophetic. But it is so true. And this is, uh, this is something I think we really need to, to focus on for a minute. Professor Howard Hendricks of Dallas Theological Seminary was able to find nearly 250 men who, without a doubt, were committed to Jesus Christ. Yet, the thing they had in common was that within 24 months of each other, they got involved in sexual immorality. In other words, here are nearly 250 men who got suckered into the ambush of another woman, and after interviewing Interviewing each man, Dr. Hendricks discovered four correlations between all 246 men. One, none were involved in any kind of personal group. Interesting. Number two, each had ceased to invest in a daily personal time of prayer, scripture reading, and worship. Number three, over 80% of them became sexually involved with other with another woman as the result of counseling the woman. Yeah. And then number four, without exception, each of the 246 had been convinced that moral failure will never happen to me. Uh, Guys, you know, it it can happen to anyone is exactly right. Understand we are all capable of falling into this sin. Yes, and we have seen some of the biggest Christian preachers out there, we have businessmen who claim to be Christian men, they fall. We have. So Satan's temptations are strong. They're powerful. Yep. So number 10, Jesus knew that money could be a real blessing or a real problem in people's lives. And he talked about that life. So Jesus talked about much about money. He knew it could be used to grow people spiritually when used according to his principles. But he also knew that where people put their money that that that's where their hearts that's would be, right their love their focus and their interest so um uh whenever of course in Matthew 6:21 it says wherever your treasure is there the desires of your heart will also be and yeah. you know Jesus understood that about money and and but he also understood that money brought temptation he knew that money and things could never buy lasting happiness or internal life. Right. So many people we see out there that have money are unhappy. You know, that's so, right. Not that that's a prerequisite. As soon as you make some money, you're going to be unhappy. He's right. just saying the way you use it uh, can can give you blessings, or it can tear you apart. So, 
That's why Jesus warned us so much yes. about you it. You can be a Jesus follower and use the money smartly, or you can be like a Rockefeller who said, yeah. who who actually made the comment, uh, "How much money was enough money?" and he and he would say. A little bit more. Yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. In Luke 1, he says that beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Yes. Okay. So um, here's a little uh, little article that says, Donations views the path to heaven. In June of 2006, Warren Buffett, the world's second richest man at the time, of course, announced that he would donate 85% of his $44 billion fortune to five charitable foundations. Commenting on this extreme level of generosity, Buffett said, there's more than one way to get to heaven, but this is a great way. And think about that. Yeah. He thinks that he can buy his way into heaven, and there's no way. Surprise, 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 Warren. that's exactly right. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. Right. You cannot earn it. You cannot yeah. deserve it. You can't buy it. Can't buy it. No, no doubt. Number 11, Jesus knew when to talk and when to shut up. I mean, when to listen. <laughs> when to talk and when to listen. In Matthew twelve thirty six and 37, it says, And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. Mm. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Right. So there's a time to talk, and there's a time to say to speak up, and there's a time to listen, to not say anything or to shut <laughs> to up. Shut up. <laughs> Ask God daily for wisdom to know when to speak up and when to speak out and when to remain quiet, guys. Yes. It's uh, sometimes it becomes very difficult when you're engaged in conversation and you're talking and you want to be heard and you right. Want... So, following Jesus' leadership principles as a uh, as a summary here, guys, will give us great influence and can impact our world right where you are. You can change your world and change the world. Through Amen. It. So take these Jesus principles, and no matter what you're doing in life, whether it's being a dad, a husband, a granddad, an employer, an employee, a neighbor, whatever you're doing, you can apply these Jesus leadership principles to where you are and watch your world begin to change as you implement these. He gives you the power to implement these. We are so glad you listened to our podcast today. Share it with other people. Encourage them to listen. But until next time, man out. The Wingman Men's Moment Podcast is brought to you courtesy of the Wingman Nation Men's Ministry. Visit us at wingmannation.com.